Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app, and you can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station, or you can watch us. We're on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV, and you may be getting excited for the Summer Olympics like I am, which they are geared to kick off in Paris in June of this year. But before the opening ceremonies, our guest will have already competed in an Olympics of her own. Joining us today is Miss Emily Shaw, and she has been selected to be on America's first mermaid Olympic team. So we're going to learn more about that. Hey, Emily. Hello, how are you? I am doing well. I am doing well. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I'm really excited. Well, you should be. And I'm excited to learn more about it and share with our listeners maybe what this is, because it sounds like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. It, this is the first time I think this something like this has ever happened. And I think more folks need to know that, you know, this is sort of out there. So how do you describe yourself, Emily? Would you say you're a professional mermaid or how how do you sort of context what you do in terms of a job around around being a mermaid? So, mermaiding isn't my full-time job yet. I'm hoping it will be soon. Um, I do birthday parties. I've worked with Make-A-Wish, and I've been in a few different mermaid pageants, but this is the first actual athletic competition that I'll be competing in. Did you know that there was an opportunity to be competitive with some of the skills and athleticism it takes to, you know, be in, in the costume and sort of perform what it looks like to be a mermaid? I didn't know when I first started mermaiding that there would be something of this level, but I always knew that mermaiding is a sport and it requires a lot of skill. So there had to be a competition out there somewhere. And there is, and it's going to be in Switzerland coming up. Is it this May or is it next May that you guys will be competing? It is this coming May. We will be competing the 24th through the 26th, and I'm currently um, fundraising to help cover some of my travel costs like airfare and dive insurance for the event. Oh, things you know, you normal like normal athletes don't think about. Well, I guess if you're a scuba diver or anything else, you know, you kind of would. Okay, so how did this start for you, Emily? I know I, I fully understand enjoying, you know, um, being a mermaid or dressing up as things for birthday parties as sort of a side gig. But it feels like for you and some of the others, there's a little bit more deeper connection here when it comes to the profession of your choice. Oh, definitely. Um, I've been playing mermaids in the pool ever since I could swim, just like any other little girl did. And I, it kind of never went away. So as I grew up, I got more and more into it. And I started doing research and found that you can actually be a professional mermaid. And there's people that make professionally made mermaid tails. 
and I just decided that's what I want to do. And those aren't cheap, right? Like those are an investment for you, you all who choose this profession. Again, I can find, I can see many reasons why you would have one. You, you won't believe this, Emily, but you're not my first mermaid here on Good Things. We've actually had the aquarium, the Mississippi Aquarium, hosted several of your counterparts uh, for an event yeah. down there. And they joined us live on air to talk about that and how they were interacting with the kids. I can completely see how even in film or TV, there may be, um, you know, sort of a use for this. And so if they're looking over at Super Talk TV, we've got some beautiful pictures of you, I guess, in full costume. Um, and so, yeah, these aren't cheap. So how do you even go about getting, an, a, a, I guess, a custom tail? Like, is it fit to you? Like, how does it not come off? So, yes, they are very expensive. Depending on, there's different levels, I guess you would say. There are fabric tails that are made in your normal small, medium, large, extra large sizes. And then silicone tails are where you get custom. Silicone tails are the ones that cost thousands of dollars. They are fit directly to your measurements. You send, like you tape yourself up and you measure around your waist, your knees, your thighs, your calves, and your feet. And then you do like the measurements from like your waist to the floor, your waist to your hips, waist to knees. It's just very involved to that to make sure that it fits you perfectly it's like slipping into another skin it's very tight would have to be for you to do all the tricks and things that you're going to be judged on i mean i would assume that would be uh i guess what they'd say a foul a party foul if your tail fell off (laughs) during during your performance i want to talk about the merlympics or the olympics that are happening in switzerland how does this even get judged i mean obviously there's a lot of athleticism Uh, you have to hold your breath you have to be uh, aerobically fit there's no doubt about that i mean half of us listening emily would not be able to swim across the length of a pool with a tail on and probably feel like we could survive. So what kind of things are they going to put you all through to sort of judge your athleticism with being a mermaid? We have a speed event, which is a 25-meter swim as fast as you can. There's figures, which is going to be pretty much underwater acrobatics, like different flips, different um, like skills shown underwater. There's going to be an underwater photo session because you can't have mermaids without a photo session, of course. There's an ecology event where we have to go um, about four meters down and collect as much off of the bottom as we can. And for that, you're going to need to hold your breath for a super long time. And for the last event, it's a rescue. We have to um, go to the bottom, get a dummy, and um, haul it 25 meters to safety. All things I couldn't do. I mean, I think people, if anybody listening maybe went through the certification to be a lifeguard or maybe we've got some fire and rescue listening or or law enforcement may understand how difficult it is to, like, carry one of those dummies or sort of do the dead weight carries. And then you add that element of being in the water and then add the element of your legs being basically tied together, um, not not uh, specifically, but figuratively in your tail. That just adds a whole nother level of of. I guess hard. Like it's just athleticism is the word that comes to mind. So how long will you be in Switzerland? Um, Me and the team are going to leave on the 18th, so that way we can get over there. We're going to be able to, like, rest because that's a 15-hour flight and kind of acclimate because it's going to be a huge altitude change for us. But we don't want to get off the plane exhausted and then straight compete. We're going to have a couple days to acclimate to being over there. 
Who? How many is on the team uh, USA or America's team? There are five of us, including our coach. Um, she and one of the other Olympians are in Louisiana. Somebody else is in Texas, and our other one is in Florida. Will you all get the opportunity to, like, um, train together or practice together or do fo- do run through some of the events together prior to going? Um, we haven't been able to get together, but we've been recording our practices and sending to each other to kind of go over, like, what we're doing, how we would fix it, give each other pointers and things like that, because we are all pretty spread out. I know I'm at least five hours from my nearest teammate. So that way y'all at least can still feel together. It's going to be a lot of fun for you all to come together. Are you all ladies? Are you all ladies? We are. And um, it's, we do have phone calls. That way we kind of keep up with each other. And we've got a group chat that we send things back and forth in to kind of stay connected. So I know another piece for this you, for you, Emily, personally, is the awareness of conservation. Obviously, if you're going to be a mermaid, you have to love where they live, and that would be in the sea. And you've used this platform to sort of uh, bring awareness to taking care of the ocean. So what what's sort of your message around that? So I've always been super big about cleaning up the ocean, leaving no trash behind. Anytime I go to the beach, I spend at least an hour walking up and down the shore getting as much trash as I can. And even when I'm diving, if I find trash, I'll put it in my little shell bag and bring it back up so I can dispose of it. I've done a few um, beach cleanups with the Mississippi Coastal Cleanup Program, like official cleanups. And another platform I really support and feel close to is the American Shark Conservancy. Sharks have always been my favorite sea creatures, and they're just so misunderstood, and there's so many different things that we can learn from them. And it'd be a shame to see them go extinct in our lifetime. I agree with that. I think it's pretty cool that you've married the two um, in terms of being able to bring awareness to that. I think we can all get behind cleaning up our beaches as well as taking care of the uh, the wildlife that's there in our oceans. Emily, if we want to help support you in any way to getting to the Mer Olympics there in Switzerland coming up in May, where can we go to do that? Um, I have a GoFundMe set up. I'm not entirely sure if... Um, like how I can directly link you to it. I know it's the name of the GoFundMe is Send Storm Siren to the Merlympics. If you search on GoFundMe there, it's also linked in my Instagram and TikTok bios, and you can find me there at storm.siren. And I've also been doing a few local bake sales and different events like that. Well, we'll also put it in our Good Things Facebook group, um, Emily, so folks can easily find it if they would like to do that. But we will definitely be keeping up with you. you got to let me know good, bad, and ugly. When you go and when you get of back, course. how everything went down, because we would love to, to follow up with you and wishing you the best of luck, girl. Super cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. All righty. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. And where down we go. Oh, 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 oh. 
good things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. If you've taken time to download the Supertalk Mississippi app, which we wish you would, then you can stream us there anytime. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. You can also keep up with everything happening in the presidential primaries by going to supertalk.fm slash elections. You'll get a full breakdown of state-by-state results, delegate counts, and more. So that is supertalk.fm slash elections. Now, we don't debate that here on Good Things, but we often debate other things, in my opinion, that are more important and life-threatening than politics. Kidding, jokes, but we have a lot of fun. And we do that over on the Good Things Facebook group is usually where we like to get the party started. And since everyone has very strong opinions about the weather here lately, some saying if you are the ones who were waiting for the winter, I want to see your selfies frolicking in the snow versus, you know, if you like the extreme 105 degree heat, blah, 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 blah. And the truth is, none of us really like extremes of either. We all favor probably cooler weather versus warmer weather. We definitely can fall into that camp. Um, But most of us would really prefer it not to be at the extremes of either. However, that doesn't make for a fun debate. And the people that lived in the valley yearned to live in the hills, and the people that lived in the hills yearned (laughs) Yearned to to live live in in the the valley. valley. And such is life. So I asked you on the Good Things Facebook group, which really got uh, a fun heated or frozen, iced out, I don't don't know which way way to say it, debate. But I want you to make your case, A bit hot and cold. A little bit of hot and cold, right? Lukewarm here. Um, Which do you prefer? Because the numbers that were being thrown around on social media was, you 105-degree loving people, um, or you 17-degree loving people. And I'm thinking, those are strange um, numbers that we sort of just chose out of nowhere. But, anywho, make your case. Which do you prefer? Would you prefer living in 105 degree heat? Right now, you probably would if you really hate the cold weather. Maybe not so much today because it's amazing what a few days in the teens will make the the upper 30s and low 40s feel like balmy. You could walk out in a t-shirt. It's really crazy how you get acclimated pretty quickly. You, yep, you're in a t-shirt. Short sleeve. Flannel over here. But I didn't wear all the bundled up that I had been. Versus... Do you really like this colder kind of weather? But it's not just, don't just tell me one or the other. I need to know, make your case for it. Why is it for you specifically? Do you lean towards one way or the other? So I know, I know, I know yours, Rhino, but still for, for, for those who may not believe it or not, which one would you choose? I'm a firm believer in picking cold weather because when the temperatures drop, you can always put on more layers. You can layer up, you can properly prepare, and you can handle the cold. You can only take off so many layers of clothing before you're stark naked. It's a true story. And you're not getting any more relief when it's hot. You can strip down to your skivvies or less, and that's as far as you got. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't get any cooler. No, I get that. That is true. And so it's hard to argue with that if you are in the hot camp, other than if you don't mind sweating. And I'm someone who absolutely does not mind a good sweat. In fact, thrive on it, look for it every day, but loathe it in clothing that wasn't created for sweating in. I want to be appropriately dressed for said sweat. So 
when it does get to that 105 and I'm having to go around like a normal adult and do professional things and wear clothes that were meant to look nice in, then I get really angry really quickly. I don't get as... Because they don't make professional business suits out of athleisure materials. Not yet, but they totally should. But no, um, not yet. The cold, though, the, my only... So you're saying we need yoga pants suits? Yes. If we could make that a, like an official official thing, that'd be amazing. I mean, I could get behind that. <laughs> Just because it comes in your size doesn't mean everybody should wear that. <laughs> <laughs> but the only so you're thing... you're saying spandex is a privilege and not a right? You know, I, let's not... It, you, if you are... You know, I should... We should not judge those who feel confident in their own skin. So... If you feel confident in what you are wearing, by God, strut it there. So what you're saying is, it's time for me to go to the Merlympics. You should? Yes. Let's get, Merman. Let's get you a tail <laughs> and all all the things. But it wouldn't work. I'd in have sleep. to have a trident and a crown. I could be the king from Little Mermaid. Here's the sad part, though. You just got took, the beard. You took a total sharp turn. That's fine. Here we go. I could see you doing it, though, and you would rock it. <laughs> he, and you would rock it. I can it. hold my breath, yeah. And you would totally own it. I'd have a weighted tail, though, because I tend to float. If you, <laughs> you would rock it, and you would own it, and then you would look like the king of the whatever there, and it would be, it would suit you, it would suit you well. But I In don't, that instance, if I were a merman, I wouldn't be okay with 17-degree weather. That's just insane. It would be icy. You're, never mind. It would be cold. Yes. That's why most, yes. Little tail shrinkage. That is one way to put it. You wouldn't be, yes. They would be, they would be hard to find. Let's just put it that way. The only reason, going back to the original question, is making your case for 105 degree weather versus 17 degree weather. I don't like, you never get interrupted with pipes freezing or icy conditions like you can never not drive. I'm sure it reaches a point where you're not supposed to. You probably not. But good you to can drive. have the AC go out. But you can have the AC go out. So that is fair. Okay, so that is fair. But that doesn't stop you from showering. True. Which is where I, what I the the dead end I ran into yesterday, and most people like school's not out and disrupted because of the heat. I mean that's that is a verified cultural cooling method for societies and cultures that live in hotter climates they will take multiple showers a day if possible just to cool off which to me makes no sense unless it's just a hot I mean a cold shower because pretty much yeah. i am the weirdo who will take the hot shower on the hot day with the fan going right outside said bath so it cools me back down once I get out because then you break it because the one of the worst things is breaking into a sweat post shower because your shower was too hot right and how many of us would be enjoying that luxury around now if we if we could have it but so I mean again nobody really likes the extremes the only thing I can get on with the cooler weather part that I can say is you do feel more alive in colder weather like when you step out breathing in the fresh air the sky looks a little bit crisper. You're walking with a little bit more intention. You don't feel that sort of sluggishness that comes with the humidity. There does get a point in the summer where 
you just feel like you have to roll yourself out of bed and you're just sticky all day and you can't breathe and then you're just I don't get mad in cold weather for like I don't get mad at the weather the same way I get we get mad when it gets to that hot like you just get mad for no reason I feel like you don't really do that in the colder weather the other part here in Mississippi is we just don't know how to live in it we're just not prepared for it right yeah because it only comes around in the extremes at most once or twice a year and usually it skips a year or two and if you lived in a climate that was cold all the time and you knew how to live in it drive in it all the things you think we're crazy anyway but yeah like alaska right alaska they don't have snow days they don't have ice days they have moose days where if the moose have decided to come out of the woods and they're in town nobody goes outside because they can be a bit ornery louis agrees with you and they're huge if i'm cold i put on more clothes if i'm hot there's only a certain amount of clothes that you can take off before the law gets involved that's kind of the same sentiment uh throughout the the text line um the cold is the best love it you can always put on more clothes you can only take off so much this reminds me of the time my time in um afghanistan which i think that's hot hot yeah, that's a different that's a that's different a, level of hot like from you know, for, for it's like when you got the the oven on and it's on a, a high temp, and you open the door and that blast of heat hits you. That's the same kind of blast of heat when you open the door. Now, Kenneth and Clinton, the way I look at it is, when it's hot, you can always jump in the water. When it's cold, you can't jump in the fire. I do agree with that. If all my extremities are warm and toasty, or not even toasty, just warm, then I'm okay. But like my littlest totally gave up on sledding the other day because we didn't hurt she had outgrown her winter boots like real boots and so no matter how many layers of socks you put on and then put on rubber boots your little toes are going to get cold and then once your little toes get cold you can only tough it out for so long and you're like i'm out like i'm going inside i can't i can't sort of do this anymore so as long as those are protected and my hands are protected i'm pretty i'm pretty good um with it it didn't have to be super toasty in that way Mailman Clayton said, I can wipe off sweat. I can't wipe off cold. I'm a cold weather person all day. But one reason I say I'm a cold weather person is because tell me how many mosquitoes have you seen? Mic drop. Can't nobody in 105 degree heat happy to see them mosquitoes. Nobody. All right, stick with us. We got more for you up next. Today, she looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Streaming live ever at supertalk.fm, streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app, always on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and also on Supertalk TV, which you can get on your computer or your mobile device. Don't forget about the cold weather's impact on our blood supply. There is less than one day supply left on our shelves, so the Mississippi Blood Services is in desperate need for the following types. We've got O negative, O positive, B negative, and B positive, A negative, and if you are 
A positive or AB positive, they also need you to donate platelets. So basically, if you've got blood, like warm blood running through your veins, they're going to need you. So I don't know if I left out any. And if not, stay away from blood services. They don't treat vampires. <laughs> they will turn you away, but they will probably not turn any living creature away. So call Mississippi Blood Services at 601-368-2673 or go to msblood.com to find a blood drive near you. If you hear of a blood drive near you, they're trying to make them super convenient everywhere around, then take part, take time, take your lunch break, go with a buddy. Um, you know, it does. It really does. We say it all the time, but giving blood truly does save lives. And so we want to make sure that you guys have the opportunity to do that over on the good things facebook group we got a nice little friendly two friendly debates going on one we've been talking about was are you a cold weather person or are you a hot weather person but you got to make your case for it which led me to thinking about what's the coldest you've ever been it's hard to say what's the hottest you've ever been because once you get to a certain point then you're going into like you're gonna have a heat stroke and then what's like you know it's your hot you're hot but like cold when i say what's the coldest you've ever been your mind immediately goes to a scenario, whether it was in the stands watching a game and you just weren't prepared or dressed properly. It all comes down to you weren't dressed properly. <laughs> That's just. <laughs> but you survived it and you walked away and you go, I've never been that cold in my entire life. So for you, Rhino, what's the coldest you've ever been? Uh, the coldest I've ever been was when I was a younger man going hunting with my dad and my older brother. And I was just being stubborn. I was insistent that I had enough clothes on because I'm the kind of person I, I talk about in the cold. You can always put on more layers, mm -hmm. but I like to be smart about my layers. I don't want to just be Ralphie where I can't move because I got 14 poofy layers on. So I was like, I've got enough layers. I'm fine. I'll be fine. And they, they, they pushed a little bit, but they were like, you know what? Go ahead. You do you. So... They'd drop me off at the ground blind and went about their rat killing, and it started raining, and I'm just sitting there, just shivering, trying to stay warm, and deer could have walked by me, I wouldn't have known, because I really wasn't paying attention. I was paying attention to keeping my core warm. And a couple hours later, lunchtime rolls around, they show back up to check on me, and they kept saying... Hey, why don't you go sit in the truck? I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not cold. We know you're cold. Your face is blue. Your lips are purple. Go sit in the truck. And then you got in the truck and you were like, oh, and sort of. Uncalled. But I didn't want to admit it. No. Well, I th you, th that comes with age. Eventually, you're like waving that flag and you're like, take me out, coach. I'm fine. Go put me somewhere where I am warmer. So when I think about that, what's the coldest I have ever been? The first thing that pops into my mind is the only fishing tournament my, my precious husband talked me into doing. And it was on the Ross Barnett Reservoir. And it was in March. And it was one of those weird... I guess, cold snaps, but they, they launch off at like something stupid in the morning, like 4, 430, and it was like 20 degrees. Now, it warmed up to like 55 by the time we got to like 11 o'clock that after or that morning, which I cannot tell you how warm 55 is when you start out at like below freezing. And I was dressed appropriately except for my feet. And so I did not have on the appropriate footwear um, for the occasion. So and you're sitting still. Well, you're sitting still, but in a moving boat, 
so you're not getting up and getting that blood flow. I prayed to Jesus if they got me out of this boat. Number one, I would never do another fishing tournament, even if my marriage depended on it. But number two, if he would keep all of my 10 toes intact, that I would make sure I had the appropriate foot and coverings uh, the next time I ever ventured out below freezing weather. Well, um, being on the water at either extreme has its its difficulties. Like if, if if you're in the cold and you're on the water, like you said, you're not up and moving around a whole lot, so you don't have the blood flowing as much. When you've got the added wind chill of the moving air, if the boat is moving, so it cools you off more. On the flip side, if it's scorching hot and the sun's beating down, but you're on a boat, maybe not, maybe, maybe not having a couple adult beverages, but you got that breeze from the boat in motion. You don't realize how badly sunburnt you are until you get off the boat that night, and it's like, oh, oh, I'm a lobster. I look like a Coke can. This is not good. Not good. Not good. We've got two with the same thing, Philip from Ellisville and then someone from the 662, both of them duck hunting, one with his son last year that was Philip in at Panther Swamp. It was eight degrees, and he had leaking waders, and someone else's was my waders filled up with water during duck hunting in the freezing rain, and both were absolutely um, miserable. I can only imagine. Anytime you add rain to the mix of cold weather, it's just taking that to that next um, next level. Especially if you're not prepared or your preparations fall through. Correct. Like if you got a, a rain slicker on and the rain starts, then it's just it's adding a little bit of discomfort to your exposed like your face, but. For the rest of you, you're you're doing good, but that rain slicker starts leaking, or you're wearing waders, and they start leaking, or they start filling up, or you fall over and you wait. You might as well just call it a day because you're gonna be cold now that you got wet. Baseball season, which is just a ride around the corner, that's one of those things that can get really cold really quick because you don't realize how much colder it gets when the sun goes down sitting in those bleachers like you come out and it's sunshiny and you're fine sitting in the bleachers and then if the sun moves on the stadium or if it's a night game that then goes down you dress for what the weather is at that moment and you you forget like what a 10 or 20 degree drop will do to you and so it can get cold real quick y'all remember my santa story my santa sweatshirt story back at the mississippi state fair shoot that was in october and went in and the temperatures and all things started dropping and then you had that like light rain that came in and it was miserable i overpaid for a sweatshirt out of season because of it now it wasn't like 20 degree weather in in the other scenario but it was just miserably i was un was not dressed appropriately for the weather and you were absolutely just miserable um miserable in that you can also be miserable if you don't have your thermostat set to the right thing in your home maybe you battle between or if that it just stops working or if it just that's stops when the working real misery sets in. that's when the real misery steps in i didn't realize this would become such a contentious, that's a big word on a contentious. contentious on a Thursday on the Good Things Facebook group. But I saw where I think it was Mississippi Power posted that it takes more heat to heat your home than to cool your home. I guess there's more energy, right? So they they're were, saying, why does it take more why does it to take, heat than to cool your well, home? Well, then to cool your home, right. But they were also sharing that it does. It takes more energy to keep your home at a higher temperature correct than it is to cool it well it's because of the difference in temperature it's in the difference in temperature if it's 
95 outside and 78 inside with their little graphic. That's 17 degrees difference. But with their graphic, if it's 20 outside and 68 inside, that's a 48 degree difference. So you got you've got a high. You got more. You have to use more energy to change the temperature that much. Then the debate got into what do you keep your thermostat on at like right now? Like what is your thermostat on? You can let us know 601-879-4395, which ended up into a debate of winter versus summer thermostats because what I'm learning about you all is y'all are very specific to when the weather changes. And we're talking about like hardcore winter versus hardcore summer. Where's your thermostat? To where does it stay? Many of you have not changed your thermostat over the last four or five days, whatever this little roller coaster we've been on. It's been set on what it's going to be set on and whatever Mother Nature decides to do outside. You are just expecting your heater to rise to the occasion (laughs) and keep you where you want to be kept. Now, some of you will back it back down for nighttime. I understand that. So I guess technically there's like two different settings, but for the most part, you're at that solid setting this time of year. So, Rhino, what do you, what do you have your what is your set on at the house? I'm at 67 right now. Yes, we have been at 67. The only time I bumped it up to 68 was if I just felt I didn't have time to heat up my bathroom before taking a shower, like with a heater. I would bump it up a degree to because I'm bougie and I want to be a little bit warmer when I take a shower. <laughs> But that would be the only reason, and then I bump it back down to 67. Do you leave it there for bedtime? Yeah, I mean... So you're you're 67 across the board. You don't have like a daytime and then a nighttime during this time? No, the only time I, I crank it down is in the summertime. I try to keep it 72, 74, 76 if I'm not there and I'm going to be there for a while. But then when it's time to go to bed, I'll crank it down to 70, 69, 68, somewhere around there. And What are you in the winter? I mean, in the summer. That's what I'm saying. In the summertime, I, I want it to be colder at night yes. to sleep. But in the wintertime, as long as it's under 70, I'm fine. All right. Let's hear yours. 601-879-4395. We've got more coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm, but you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can always join the conversation over on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. I missed a few when we were talking about um, when I ask you, what's the coldest you've ever been? What's the first thing that comes to mind? And, Jared, I get this. You said you always like cold, you've always you liked cold weather ever since making the walk starting in 2005 from the computer parking lot by the Mary Dorns to Joseph Green School of Business at USM. So I, too, had lived um, off campus but too close to campus to justify parking on campus. 
But where I needed to go was on the other side of campus. I was by the baseball fields there at USM. My building was on the other side. And I hated hot weather when you had to carry your backpack and all the things and, and sort of truck it across. So if you're having to walk any distance for work or for school or for anything like that, you absolutely learn how to bundle up and appreciate it versus you cannot do that when it's 105 um, degrees outside. Johnny in West Point says, January 1983, I was at Fort Dix, uh, New Jersey for basic training, had to pack up my coat and such. They took us to the center to get our BDUs. A boy from the South had never seen this kind of weather. Bless your heart. Um, Someone else had another one. I'm sorry. Oh, throwing newspaper from the back of a pickup truck at 4.30 in the morning, trying to put the rubber bands on that paper, and it breaks and pops your hands, says John in Madison. So we definitely, you know, if you're in the cold, you got to sort of suffer through it and get those phalanges uh, moving and sort of That is definitely something that that is a, a mark against colder weather, especially extreme cold, is if you get hit with anything, like if you're playing a sport, like you're in... You're in the batter's box playing baseball, and you get hit, or you hit one off the end of the bat, and that vibration in the cold is just so much worse. You just feel like it's going to fall off. Whatever gets hit, <laughs> you feel like that's it. It's just it's going to turn to ash and just disintegrate right in front of you or just pop right off because you're already halfway frozen. That's just how it feels. Um, in that way. But each has its pros and its cons, whatever it may be. Um, but talking about the thermostat, someone mentioned that they keep theirs on 60 every day of the year. Just don't move it. It's on 60. So that's it. So in the wintertime, your bills must be great. In the summertime, your bills must stink. And I guess it just all comes out in the wash. It's a power bill that starts with a three or a four in the summertime. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Maybe, maybe you've got... A good system. Maybe you've got one of them systems that were it's too big for your place, so it doesn't have Maybe, to work yeah. um, so hard. I don't think any of us are ready, though, even though how cold it is, and I get it, it's cold. But there is a level of, like, sheer concern that happens in the deep summer when you start to hear your AC struggling <laughs> to keep up around 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon just to keep your house at, like, 75 or 72. And you're like, come on, baby. Just don't pucker out on me now. Like, just hang in there because it just feels like it's never it's never going to um, reach its moment to be able to shut off. Someone said they just leave theirs on 72 that way. Jeff says his is on 67. Dan in Hattiesburg says winter 66 during the day, 62 at night, summer 70 during the day, and 65 at night. People are very peculiar and specific about where they like their their thermostat. I'm just now getting into this this mindset, this way of thinking, because I'm just now like I'm approaching two years in my new place, and that's the length of time I've had a thermostat at my old at my new place at a place that I called my own. Because I wasn't allowed to mess with the thermostat at my parents' house. That was oh, absolutely don't touch not. The thermostat. Dad sets it. Mom will argue with him to move it up or down, but that's that's them. Don't touch it. Well, absolutely not. Like, I cannot imagine walking into my daddy's house, even as a grown woman, and touching it and not expecting, like, a... Because if it comes on and he doesn't realize, like, it should or shouldn't at that moment, like, absolutely not. I would never do that. Um, but Mississippi, Mississippi Power says optimal temperature during the winter is leaving it on 68 or below for your um, heat. So I'm okay with that. 
but the optimal temperature in the summer is 78 or higher. And some of yeah, you... they could take that back to California where it's <laughs> 70 and sunny every day and, and live like that I out think there. that's where the outrage mostly in the comments section sort of went to. It was like, I, do not invite me to your house. I am not a lizard. <laughs> or you're... 78's high. 78 inside is stuffy when you came it, in from heat outdoors. I, I agree with that. That would be... Like, you might enjoy 78 inside when it's snow on the ground. But when you walk in from walking from your car to the front door and it feels like you just walked through a bowl of soup and then you open your door and there's zero refreshment from 78... My husband says he would like to text in that the thermostat may be on 67 in the morning, but it's 72 inside because I leave the gas logs blasting. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ambiance that they give you in the living room. You can turn them on and then the AC pops on, you know, <laughs> it's out of season for the gas logs, but not right now. Enjoy those things if you got them. All right, stick with us. We got more for you up next. You got the boys with sports talk from 3 to 6. We'll meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, hope you all find time for the good things. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.